0: Welcome to episode 4 of Diary of a Crater. This month I was lucky enough to sit down with one of the most passionate guys I know in the hospitality business. Army is the chef patron of Kona. Kona is a luxury halal steak restaurant in Bradford and I hope you enjoy. <laughs> okay, Take so anyone who doesn't know who you are, please introduce yourself. Right,
1: Army Ahmed from Kona Restaurant.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. And uh, what what is Kona?
1: So Kona is a um, the best way I can describe it is a a halal Yorkshire steakhouse.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, and how how did you how did you start Kona or where did Kona come from? Because yeah please don't take this the wrong way, yeah. but it's not something you'd expect to see yeah. in, uh, in, in Bradford.
1: Absolutely, we, we get that all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, so firstly, the journey started for me um, 20 plus years ago, okay. um, a massive foodie, yeah. so after I graduated
0: Um, Actually, sorry, were you born in Bradford? Yeah,
1: I I literally live a mile up the road. Okay. So from the (laughs) restaurant, I live like literally a mile up the road, so it's it's convenient for me. Um, So yeah, the journey started at least 20 years ago when uh, after I graduated, uh, massive foodie. I was just like traveling some amazing places. Yeah. Um, My work allowed me to travel. Uh, I'd base my holidays around restaurants and that's taken me from anywhere from like San Francisco nice. to Copenhagen yeah. so I literally traveled the world yeah um, fantastic and ate at some of the most incredible restaurants um, so the passion for like restaurants and food started then in, yeah. my, in my
0: early 20s so then um, so, so what were you doing were you working in the hospitality yeah, industry so then, no or? no but
1: then it was um, I graduated in fashion did marketing uh, continued with fashion communications did some PR uh, worked for some amazing brands. Uh, worked yeah. with uh, Gucci. Worked with Tom Ford for a while. Uh, nice. Prada. Uh, as then, you do. As you do. As you do. <laughs> uh, and then uh, so I, it was in Primark. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. And then uh, I moved into office products. Uh, set up my own business, which again allowed me to travel nice. uh, extensively because uh, you know um, things were good, and uh, I'd have like three, four holidays a year all based around restaurants. So I'd I'd book the restaurant first and then... (laughs) Then try and get a flight. (laughs) Yeah, then literally you'd wait, because back then some of the the restaurants had like 8, 9, 10, 12-week wait lists. So you'd you'd have to book and then wait for your reservation and then close to the time, I'd book my flight, book the hotel, but then I'd plan my holiday around it because, you know, San Francisco is amazing and just using Copenhagen an example as well and then uh, travelled Europe extensively and, and that real passion for, for food really developed yeah. Then I think in my early 20s I, I got into cooking okay. um, at home so my mates used to come round on a Sunday okay. uh, watch the footer yeah. I used to just put on just anything like sometimes it'll be like a burger Yeah. Uh, sometimes it'll be like a Sunday roast but then I'd like just and how do, many friends are we cooking for? Yeah, like six okay, eight, okay. Give or take. Yeah. Uh, and then I just started um, reading about, you know, food and, and cookbooks, picking up, you know, some incredible cookbooks on my journeys. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I sort a of real passion for food developed. Then my mates were like, fuck, I mean, you need to open up a book. <laughs> Nobody's doing yeah. halal food at this level. But at the back of my head...
0: And you're still in your kitchen, I'm still, in your shorts and yeah, flip-flops. Literally.
1: <laughs> the boys around were watching football. Probably getting on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just, yeah, have, having a, a good time. Um, not, Nothing serious.
0: So, so the boys inspired, the friends, family I mean, yeah, inspired I think you to? Yeah, the friends,
1: family inspired me. It's like, they're like you know, nobody's doing halal food at this level. So the boys inspired yeah. you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, boys, um, partner, uh, family that I used to cook for as well on a weekly basis. Um, and then. Eventually, I, I sought my office products business okay. and um, set up this small enterprise, so okay. managed to save some money up. Good. And I thought, look, th- there's a massive gap here, yeah. and, and it has to be around high-end halal food. Yeah. So every time I'd come back from these restaurants, and I'd, I'd be sat at home or sat with my mates and thinking, you know what, nobody does stuff like halal foie gras no nobody did like high end halal wagyu beef yeah predominantly on a super high end level nobody did halal USDA prime uh, nobody did amazing and I mean this amazing French halal poultry so no. duck yeah. chicken and that was an inspiration to me because I thought well nobody does it there's certainly a, a gap here and then this the story goes um my friend Found the site, and he goes, "Look, I've got a small site here. Let's 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 do it." So we, I walked into this fucking building, which is which will be the death of me because <laughs> there was there was literally fuck all here Because I remember you saying it was just a oh, shell. mate, it was like, literally it was just can't an empty I begin show. to tell you that there was no floor, no ceiling, <laughs> no water, no gas, no electric, like. Fuck off. No, that, that, that's I mean, that's and what I love. This, this, this <laughs> is going to shock you. Like idiots, I've never done this in, in my yeah, entire yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. I've sought my office products business, sought my communication business, and saved up a bit of money, and I thought, I'm going to pump it into this small establishment. And we... Uh, I'm looking back and I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> the the budget was 70 grand.
0: All right, okay. Jesus.
1: Don't ask. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm being serious, so... From 70,000, uh, we ended up doing 250. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, And yeah, I gosh. mean that because I'm an absolute fucking amateur. I yeah, didn't know what was yeah. going on. Okay. Like, I've, I've never built a restaurant before. I've never designed a commercial kitchen. Yeah. And I don't know about gas, electric, yeah, running water. Absolutely. So it's, when it's your first project and you come from a fashion,
0: yeah. communication, office yeah. products background, it's completely different. So, so it's so, a baptism of fire. Oh, mate, like you
1: wouldn't <laughs> believe so. and. And yeah, that, that's what happened. We we eventually set up, and I mean, it took us thirteen months yeah. from start to finish.
0: And, and when did you set up? What, what year did oh, you? Oh my god,
1: five years from now. So yeah, we okay. five years uh, in in April. Okay. Uh, was when we Fantastic. Set up. So we've been trading for five years. It's been it's been yeah, it's been a journey.
0: The first, the first two years are tough in any first, business, but the first,
1: first year. The thing about Bradford is that the first two months, any halal establishment in the city is mental because everybody wants, to go. Yeah, everybody wants, wants to go. The honeymoon period. everybody wants to try it. Yeah. So we, we went through that. Then we went through a period of whether or not people got us or not. Yeah. Then yeah. we went through a period of shit, we really need to start finding our feet. Yeah. And like trying to get some consistency with the food. Yeah. Some of the stuff we were doing was was way too outrageous. Yeah. There was there was lots of like, I mean, I've had sweetbreads. I've had um, foie gras on the menu. We've had ducks in like twenty different forms, but the halal community not with it. Yeah. yeah. Not just yet. Yeah. But I'm hoping there will be. So when and that we, comes with time. Well, doesn't it, it does it? absolutely, and mm-hmm. and it and it's still with that's what we're striving for. So the the initial thing was to create a market that just didn't exist, okay. so we were going in with no booze, no pork on the menu, um, predominantly trying to give the third generation a level of cookery that just hasn't been achieved before, on yeah. a pure halal level, Yeah. Uh, when I mean pure halal I mean there's no alcohol, There's and, and certain things like not to use alcohol in sauces. Not to and and it's a big part of the kitchen, yeah. especially a commercial kitchen, so we had to find ways around it and and it's stuff that we're still working on
0: and where uh, where Where did that halal element come from? was it personal I uh, think, yeah,
1: I think personal, and I think there's that real niche because believe it or not when when i when I break it down, you know we're in our third generation, and my typical customer is you know somebody who's highly successful um, in whatever they do, whether it's you know uh, media law, uh business, whatever it is, you yeah. know, and and I'm gonna be completely frank here. Yeah. You know, and, and he's pulling up in a, a three hundred grand fucking <laughs> Lamborghini Aventador. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be around alcohol. Yeah. Um he doesn't want his partner or family to be around alcohol. And does he have a problem in paying three hundred quid for a hit? No he fucking doesn't. Yeah. Because he is very successful and he has a lifestyle and uh, and that is my market and yeah. my market Correct. is super high end halal food which which has no boundaries at the moment yeah. because luxury we, yeah because we yeah. were the first to do it and secondly we're still striving for that market and we're still trying to lead the pack in a way that every day every day is a new challenge and every, yeah. every single week we want to try introduce Little things, certain things, and, and we're pushing every day to okay. to introduce more more to the menu, and and, and it's all about high end, a lot luxury. Okay. Meats predominantly.
0: Just jumping back a bit. Yeah. Your parents were they in the food trade? So the story goes
1: before because, my my personal be, journey. Yeah.
0: Because um, being from South, you know, South yeah. Asian descent, yeah. uh, it, was it not parents wanting you to be the typical? Occupation of uh, doctor, doctor no, solicitor, my, dentist.
1: My, my my my. So the story is uh, my my grandfather was a butcher. Oh, okay. okay. My grandma helped him out at the butchers, so he used to bring. And I remember it like yesterday. <laughs> uh, he used in in the spring and the summer in Bradford. In Bradford, yeah, uh, not too far from here. Uh, he used to bring spring lamb at its peak so he used to get excited about lamb in the spring and my grandma was an incredible cook yeah so she'd bring the lamb home and she'd do it in so many different ways predominantly Pakistani Punjabi Indian yeah. food uh, I'd sat, I'd be sat on the countertop at the age of like four or five watching my grandma cook helping her out so I think the real love of food and meat and cookery came from my grandma and it okay. came from my grandfather's obsession of of quality, quality halal meats, yeah. and I think it's somewhere along the line. It just it, it it made sense to do it because it's a true homage to my grandfather. God bless his soul. Yeah. And it's a maybe an extension of, of what he was doing back then, but maybe like rolled out in a, a different form. Uh, because we are passionate about meat. Yeah. And and something that sets us apart.
0: Yeah.
1: Is the standard of the halal meat that yeah. we we'll do here. Um, so yeah I think the but my family were, were super chilled they were like look you, you just do whatever you want to do crack on yeah. yeah I mean I went to university um, and then after that I yeah I, I fell it straight into work so pretty much started working straight away and I've been working okay. since the age of like 20 so okay. like yeah a long
0: time now <laughs> so, so, so tell us how you managed to source these meats because oh, like, yeah, uh, it's talent. not the meats that you've got it's not a case yeah. of going down to your local butchers and saying, no, it, "Hi, mate, it, I'm, uh, it, I'm here for my steaks."
1: I think the biggest challenge I've faced in this in this particular trade was trying to source halal meat. Yeah, and I'm gonna say, uh,
0: explain to uh, someone what is halal meat if they are, if they don't know. So,
1: so basically, it's it's a process. So it's a process of firstly the welfare of the animals. So as a uh, Muslim, As a human being, actually, we need yeah. to look after the animal to start off with. Yeah. And then uh, we take it to slaughter. Uh, there's a process that involves a prayer. Yeah. There's a process that involves hanging of the animal. Um, it should be done humanely. Yeah. There's a, a straight swipe across the throat so the animal doesn't feel any pain. Yeah. Um, and so what we found back then, maybe... I'm talking six years ago, when I was trying to put together a list of suppliers, so, and this is no exaggeration, I must have visited maybe two or three hundred different wholesalers, (laughs) butchers, farmers, around the country, around the country, it's taken me all the way up to Scotland, all the way down to fucking Southampton, (laughs) and I was on a mission, and
0: just to it, give the customer yeah, the just, best
1: just to give the best and and and, and it wasn't there right okay. it wasn't there simply because nobody was doing what we were doing yeah so why would they do it yeah. so whenever i'd go to a butcher i'd be like you know is it dry A's and what animal is it he didn't have a clue yeah. <laughs> he, and, and even though he's doing like thousands of pounds and you know tons of meat a week he didn't have a clue about you know traceability and the welfare of nothing, yeah, because there's no quality there, and simply yeah. because if there's all, no need, then no, there's you no need have because to, yeah. all this meat is going into curry houses, kebab houses, and, and grill houses, which
0: is historically been yeah.
1: poor quality meat, which has been. And, and you see the price point and takeaways. So, the halal meat market is based around this market, it's based around curry houses, kebab houses, takeaways. And, and, and you know a small percentage makes up the Middle Eastern restaurants so and then I turn up and I'm like looking all no, cool <laughs> I, I fucking need this and they're like no we're not doing that we're doing this and I'm like no I don't want that so I had that and that was a massive challenge and then I sat back and I thought shit we're not going to open because I'm not going to serve that bearing in mind I had the same struggle when I used to cook at home yeah Um, so I knew it was going to be a challenge but then I sat back and I looked at my travels and I thought wait there I was sat in Singapore eating an amazing grade of halal wagyu beef yeah this was even before the the days of Dubai and the rest of it sure and I'm talking before the Dubai boom I was sat in Singapore I was sat in Malaysia and, you know, Dubai, hadn't even heard of Wagyu, to be fair, back yeah, then, yeah. but then it eventually caught on. So, one of the first countries to do it, because Singapore and Malaysia are so close to Australia, Yes. Uh, the Singaporeans and the Malaysians are massive foodies, yeah. and if you look at them to areas in general, um, they, they love the meat, so Australia's right next door, so the demand goes, not into Dubai first, the demand was from the Malaysians and the Singaporeans okay. who wanted high-end beef. Okay. And the Aussies have been producing some of the best wagyu in the world for yeah. years because yeah. they have the terroir, they have the perfect weather, they have this amazing knack for agriculture and, and meat production and butchery. Yeah. So, historically speaking, you know, they, they produce some of the best meat in the world. So, I thought, right, well, there, there's a scope here that yeah. somebody's doing it yeah. somewhere in yeah. the world. So, yeah. I started looking into it, started contacting these farms direct. I'm like, look a very small restaurant yeah, yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere in Bradford <laughs> and I need this beef and this guy and I, mean, I mean this is like I can't put on an Aussie accent and I'm not going to attempt it however he's like what? Like, what the fuck are you on about? he's like we have to go through the correct channel yeah. we're not just going to send a box to yeah, some idiot yeah. in Bradford yeah. so I had to put together my own supply chain yeah. I had to then you know arrange a broker I had to then get a, a system where we can get it delivered and, and, and that's how we've done it, we've, we've, we've found brokers, we've found other meat suppliers and other avenues, and I'm not gonna name any names here, yeah. but some of these companies that we dealt with, never heard of Wagyu before, but they had the, the logistics set up simply because they're meat men, and they're meat they brokers doing, and they're yeah. wholesalers, yeah. and it was at the back of us that they now bring Wagyu into the country I'm still not going to mention (laughs) any names because I have so much respect for them still good so as it was at the back of us that there's there's certain restaurants around this country that that do wagyu beef and they don't know it but it was the back of fucking me (laughs) annoying some farmer in, in, in Australia and and well not so much Japan but in America as well in Omaha and it was like because, yeah.
0: because a big thing for you is this USDA. Yeah. Um, and and the, how, how did that come up? So right? Just was badgering. S-
1: similar process like yeah. USDA Prime. Uh, I wanted to have Wagyu on the menu. I wanted to have USDA Prime. Uh, we wanted to do Japanese at, at some grade, which is still virtually impossible at the moment. Um, so that's what we were passionate about. And then the same process fell into France. We had a massive problem with chicken in this country. Uh, so then we contacted france was a lot easier because it's it's europe yeah and there's so there was there's so many suppliers that we could tag on to because predominantly it comes out of some of the you know the best markets in the world for example rungis so we had a broker that could deal with with rungis and then you know certain things like that all our vegetables come out of rungis in from from france in paris and and we have an amazing connection with that particular market because what we love about French produce is that sense of quality. Yeah. They are so fucking anal about (laughs) it. When it's it's vegetables, when it's meat, when it's dairy. I mean, I love them for that. I I really do. It sets them apart. So we have a lot that comes out of France. Uh, We would love to do more. I don't think the halal community is quite ready for, you know, uh, we still have foie gras on the menu, but we serve it with a steak. But we've had it in a form of a pate or a terrine. We've had it as part okay. of like a multi course meal, but they still don't get it, I don't think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I understand that. And and do you think halal meat gets a bit of a bad rep in this country? Yeah. Um I, I just from the mass market.
1: Hundred percent. I think the problem with the with the halal meat, I mean I won't get into it because it's an extensive subject for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um we need more restaurants like this, in my opinion. More halal establishments that care about what they're serving. Yeah. I Not agree. so much about bums on seat. And then effectively, it would then improve the quality of the halal meat throughout the board because yeah. there's a demand for it. Yeah. Then we'd start to eat better at home. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's written all over the, the welfare of these animals that, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into too much detail because I think it's insane that you can go to your local halal butcher and he's doing... Three chickens for like seven quid. Yeah, just doesn't make sense. Blows your fucking head. But then that makes sense then because you've got your chicken and you've got your chicken and chips shops um, in Manchester predominantly, in Bradford predominantly that are doing two pieces a drink. The job lot for like a quid fifty. Yeah, it's mad. And it's It's and that is the reason why because because of the poor quality meat and and you know it it does come from like. That sense of like pork chicken does extend from like KFC and you know that American yeah you know making anything in making everything in mass and like uh, industrializing like a certain meat production like yeah. chicken yeah so I think it needs to improve I really do yeah just just for the halal diners at home just just for everybody I think. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah I agree no that's mm. fair enough okay good stuff um. Should have also started describe where we're sitting because uh, I, I I'm a big fan of your I, I'm a bit of a yeah. geek with interior design but <laughs> yeah. there's uh, it, it's it's actually I, w- I won't describe it from my point of view it's yeah. it's very minimal luxury absolutely um, yeah. you've got ebony Marcassa. if anyone yeah. doesn't know what ebony Marcassa yeah. is go to Google yeah, uh, or yeah. come to the restaurant <laughs> one of the yeah. other yeah um, but yeah just. Describe so to us...
1: Uh, I mean, my, this style is very personal to me. Uh, the ebony, actually, uh, the inspiration came from Tom Ford. Okay, so yes. So he, he, he's, like, obsessive about ebony. Yeah. So in, in all of his stores, you can see ebony everywhere. In yes. all sorts of textures and forms, and he's obsessive about it. So I think that came from Tom Ford. Um, the the pendants. Um, by floss so it's called the sky garden yeah which I fell She's in love with about you know 10 years ago yeah so I wanted to so that adds a, a, a texture a a some sort of like experience over the table yeah uh, and then everything's very personal to me the The whole restaurant experience is based around yeah. some of my favorite interior designers and some of my favorite interior companies like predominantly polyform uh, Linear rose are the two that really stand out, yeah. and thirdly, B&B Italia. Yeah. So it's it's a taste that I built up over years. It's something that's been in my head, and and then when it came to designing the restaurant, it was just it just rolled out, and I yeah. was just I just took it as it came. So I just thought, right, I definitely want ebony in there. I definitely want a floss, and I would just like an think,
0: iconic chair. Yeah, and,
1: and yeah, Hans Wegner. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's still on display in the museum of Modern art in New York, (laughs) and they call it the most beautiful chair in the world. JF Kennedy sat in it, Uh, yeah, and it it has history (laughs) and little little things like that. Actually, I didn't know so much about it, it was up until my time when I went to Noma. Okay, they had just won the best restaurant in the world, they had some original pieces in there. Okay, and I was looking at this chair and I was like, "I, I just absolutely love it, and it felt in with their nordic kind of design um, and then i started looking into it and then believe it or not six weeks later i was in new york and i was at the museum of modern art and i saw the fucking saw chair. the chair <laughs> I thought, that's fucking crazy and then eventually i thought well i definitely want to have that yeah and it's just you know it's, it's my personal taste this restaurant is very personal to me yeah it's about my travels it's about my taste it's 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 about a, a personal experience yeah. for me
0: yeah. the result yeah. is fantastic Thank you it? It so it and it is gorgeous the is world gorgeous. coming from you no, no, absolutely <laughs> it really it's, does uh, it, it really is does. it's something very luxurious uh, you know if you come in on a friday night and uh, there's definitely a vibe and an energy yeah. about the place even from you greeting someone yeah. as you walk in the door um and uh, yeah it's really really nice space um Thank you. A really nice space. Thank you. So I, I got to hear about you uh, cool, a long time ago when uh, we would talk. We have lots of mutual friends, as we know. Yes, uh, yes, we do. And we, uh, you came up in a conversation that some madman in uh, Bradford <laughs> was charging £50 for a steak. Oh, God. Uh, God. Uh, and I said, uh, are you joking? You guys are struggling to achieve £20 a steak. <laughs> How is this guy achieving 50 yeah. And uh, I remember our friend said to us, God knows how he's doing it, but he is doing it, and he is flying. Mm. Um, and then I came, I think not last year, year before, one yeah. of my cousin's birthdays. Yeah. So we came on a Friday night, um, and uh, and I have to say, you you, uh, it's a great experience for anyone who hasn't been here. Thank you. Um, and I, I, from what I got, to, what what from what I got from my first experience here was that. You're very passionate about what you yeah. do and you, yeah. you really take a pride in what you're 100%. doing. Um, and 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 how, just explain to us what it's like on a, a Friday night or I a Saturday mean, night in my,
1: here. My week is split between the kitchen and front of house. So, I mean, this is completely unheard of when it comes to our trade. Yeah. So you're either back of house or you're front
0: of house. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's,
1: it's either you're a fucking chef or you, you're running front of house is a maitre d however my time is split um kitchen getting in there working with uh the team in the kitchen developing the dishes every day um perfecting a lot of things working on a lot of things if it's a, a new piece of meat if it's a new piece of fish if it's a new vegetable uh, i wouldn't say the menu so much seasonal but of course we get we get passionate in yeah. in the spring when it's the First of the morels, yeah. and I fucking love it, and, and it's like the first of the asparagus, the first of the wild garlics. So we get passionate about certain things that are in season and have a very short season. Uh, we love the winter for the truffles. Um, I mean, Mother Nature ultimately um, yeah. dictates um, what we eat yeah. and, and and when we eat it. So so I love being in the kitchen. I love working with the finest produce i love working in and around the seasons because i mean now we're we're in we're in summer some incredible tomatoes uh, yeah so the menu does get a little lighter yeah. so we start lightening up certain starters we start lightening up certain things even though we're predominantly a steakhouse but the main courses do change the yeah. starters do change so that's a lot of work in the kitchen to develop so i'm in here. the kitchen cooking developing uh, and then that's half of my week yeah and we're talking about a Friday. As soon as it hits Friday, I I come out of like I don't know Chef White's and straight <laughs> front of house, and then we literally uh, go into service, and I yeah. and I do front of house. So I, then I do front of house, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and then that's serving the customer yeah. simply because I want them to have a journey with me, yeah. and I want them to have an experience, and I want to explain every single element on. Yeah. on it, and I know it's borderline obsessive, but it's not because I want to relay that passion, not just in the food, but also front of house. And yeah. I mean, look, without my team, I would be nowhere. Yeah. So we have an incredible kitchen team. I have an incredible front of house team that support me. So
0: but that then allows I, you to switch backwards yeah, and forwards. Does, from of yeah, it does, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, it
1: allows me. But I, I actually enjoy doing both. Okay. I really enjoy cookery. I really enjoy developing the dishes. But then I absolutely get a super buzz out of serving customers. Yeah, yeah. well, you
0: can see you enjoy it because yeah. you, you, you're quite smooth, you're floating about. You're, yeah, you, you, have to you be. can and, see you really enjoy it. And another it. thing
1: is, as well is that we have a level of expectation here. Yeah. There, there's a level of expectation simply because we've become a destination restaurant, firstly. Uh, so we've had, we regularly get 20, 30 tables a week from London uh, that travel up. So they'll book a hotel uh, they'll have dinner with us on saturday then they'll come back and have sunday roast with us on sunday and it Fantastic. may be a, an anniversary it may be a birthday and you know they're spending hundreds of pounds with us there's an expectation there not only is there an expectation with a birthday an anniversary this guy's sat in a car for 5 hours and driven to us exactly he's got a local <laughs> hotel yeah so you know we need to deliver that expectation so we have the pressure of that and then we also have an expectation when somebody's paying, you know, and this sounds fucking unreal, and I don't know anybody else that's doing it outside of London, uh, not in Leeds, not in Manchester, that we can charge up to 300 quid for a steak, and it's a piece of Wagyu A4, uh, A5, uh, and it is, you know, some of the best beef in the world. When somebody's paying 300 quid for a steak, even with 300 quid's worth of service yeah, to go absolutely, with it, absolutely. And then
0: there's no point. It's all about the experience 100%. as well, isn't it? It
1: has to go hand in hand. I mean, some people in our amazing industry believe that it's a split. It's, yeah. a si- it's 60 front, 40 kitchen. And, and you know, some of the most famous restaurateurs and some of the most famous chefs in the world have, have stood by that. Yeah. You know, you can serve uh, the best plate of, of Wagyu or, you know, the best plate of, of whatever it is, you know, like lobster, foie gras, whatever it is, But if you don't have the service to match it, then it's pointless doing it. Yeah, exactly,
0: absolutely, exactly. No, I understand that. Okay. Um, All right, good. Um, We we were we were supposed to uh, actually before we go to that. Yeah. I just had a burger for lunch. Thank you for that. It was uh, it was a very good burger. Thank you. I want you to describe to everybody how you describe the burger to me, the process um, of what that burger my
1: God. is. This, this, this <coughs> burger is, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing thing with me. Uh, because we, that, cause that was <laughs> a,
0: a, a, an impressive burger, yeah. it was up there, one of the best burgers I've had. Oh, that
1: means the world, Raj. Thank you so much. <laughs> it really does. It fills my heart with joy. We firstly only do burgers on a Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, all right. So that's the first thing, and and it it fucking annoys people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean this, it's like, (laughs) they say, why can't you do burgers on a Friday? Why can't you do burgers on a Saturday? Simply because it it comes from the offcuts of the butchery that we do. So we have some of the best meat in the world, in my opinion, without sounding arrogant or overconfident. So it's all the offcuts. So you'll have stuff like ribeye, sirloin, um, short rib. Um, so it's like the most perfect, luxurious yeah. blend of, of, of beef ever. So that's the first thing. Out of that butchery that we do on a Wednesday, Thursday, we only make, give or take, 50 burgers. So we normally do give or take 20, 25 on a Wednesday, 20, 25 on a Thursday. Because that's all that's allowed because we're not just going to mince a whole fucking ribeye or a sirloin because believe it or not Raj, I've even <laughs> attempted to do it which I have done and, and it came up like we needed to be charging <laughs> and this is going to shock you it was 70 quid a burger <sighs> by the time and we did scary. it we just went nuts, we are like well let's see how much it's going to cost yeah. and we minced a whole fucking um, <laughs> a, I don't know what it, it was I think it was a marble score 10 wagyu But it doesn't make sense because you've minced it. Um, And it doesn't make sense to charge 70 quid for a burger, but it does make sense to charge 10 to 15 quid a burger. And to achieve it in that price point, uh, we have to do off the off cuts. And uh, so that's the first thing. And then the burger that you had is that blend of of, uh, beef that we have, so predominantly Wagyu. Then we it's a 70-30 split, so um, 70-30 fat, and uh, and then the short rib is a special bit. So it's wagyu short rib. We dry age for up to 30 to 40 days. Then we brine the meat uh, 24 hours. Uh, then we marinate 24 hours. Uh, and then we cook for 72 hours. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the. I mean, it's predominantly a. A in-house barbecue kind of style, slightly smoked, roasted coffee, chili spices. Um, it's actually a recipe from Phil Howard. No right. So two Michelin star uh, back then at the Square. Um, he he got some short rib in for us, and he just quite simply back then two star restaurant just served uh, short rib, uh, cream potato um and back then he did it with just some seasonal vegetables and i was fucking nice. blown away nice. like years ago so that mm-hmm. that inspiration yeah came from that that recipe but yeah. this is a two-star restaurant
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i'm not saying that we're trying to replicate that dish yeah but i've taken the idea so in my you, head yeah. and eventually went on to a fucking burger <laughs> so it sounds crazy but we did it and then um so then just a little bit of like smoked applewood cheese short rib goes on top brioche kept it really simple because it's all about the meat yeah and then we just did some fries with uh togarashi spice uh, a little bit of salt and then just some fresh chili sauces were a Japanese mayonnaise, which came with smoked red pepper.
0: Yep. Gravy
1: for northerners. <laughs> and then just some more short rib on the side. Yeah, no, it was really good. The,
0: the short yeah. rib was really special, oh, and yeah. it gave packed to punch with the yeah. burger, definitely. I, I yeah. like
1: the texture of the short rib and the beef, because it gives you two variations. And the burgers here are very simple, because yeah. I'm a believer in... Like, your earliest childhood memories of a burger is probably, for me, my earliest memory was going to McDonald's. And having a fish fillet, it wasn't yeah. actually a cheeseburger; it was actually fish fillet yeah. or fillet of fish, whatever anybody yeah. wants to call it. And it's a memory of holding a burger with your hands with that soft bun.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's what we try and recreate here. That bounce. Food is nostalgia. Yeah. So my creativity comes from memories yeah. of of being a kid, sat on a bench, you know, in the kitchen with my grandma, yeah. or going to my first McDonald's experience or going to my first three-star experience, or relating back to some of the finest restaurants that I've been, and and it's a a complete personal journey to me. And then it's it's food on a plate, that's a part of that, I think. So food does come from memories, nostalgia. So yeah, burgers are quite personal to us, but we do it in very limited numbers, because the kitchen, firstly, can't support a full burger menu. Secondly, it's it's a special of the week, and yeah, I think if we're gonna do a burger, we're gonna do a fucking we're do good a burger. Do it right, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. it annoys me because again, like you know, halal burgers we we, we struggle. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: Especially like you know, I'd yeah, love you to get
0: some opera. We won't oh. go into who, yeah, but they'll go to Costco and get.
1: Yeah, it's just like for us, it's like we 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 want to do it right, and we'd like to do more, but it's just the restaurant is only smaller than yeah. You know, okay. we're only forty. So I, think, yeah. so
0: I think there's going to be a Kona Burger Bar coming oh very God, soon after to to today's burger mean, if, 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 <laughs> <laughs> if if the readers are listening to this if somebody's got half a million quid quite, that's quite excessive <laughs> but
1: but yeah no but yeah I mean of course there's there's no boundaries for yeah. food we'd be open to anything yeah uh, Kona Burger Bar yeah it sounds fucking incredible
0: yeah, yeah. no it's good it's good okay uh, it was very impressive thank you very thank much you it was very nice You're um I recently had a great burger at Ultringham yeah. Mar- seem to live in Ultringham Market, as you mm. probably are aware, mm. but uh, the Tender Cowboys, they do a great burger. Yeah. Uh, really impressive, really impressive as well, so you've got to try that. Amazing. You've got to try that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we 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 were supposed to sit down during Ramadan. We, were. we didn't get a chance. Never. No. Um, for someone who uh, doesn't follow you on Instagram, <laughs> uh, I think yeah. every day I was yeah. uh, looking at you <laughs> cooking yeah. uh, a different dish yeah. at home to break your fast yeah. during Ramadan. Yeah. Uh, and and I could just tell that you really enjoy this, and oh, and, and you're really yeah. passionate about I this. Do. But yeah. where. Where, where did that come from every day during Ramadan? Was that I just mean, you were eating and you thought, Let, let's document this? Or? I
1: mean, it
0: came from, firstly, we have two
1: breaks in the year. Yeah, I get a winter break straight after a very busy Christmas period. So we take two weeks off in January. And then I take three, three and a half weeks in Ramadan. The thing about this beautiful month of 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 Ramadan for me is is a time of reflection. Yeah. It's a time of break. Yeah. It's a time of rest. Uh, some amount or good amount of like uh, spiritual um, reflection. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, it's my family get me for three weeks, man. Yeah. It's like they <laughs> fucking love it because I'm at home. I'm cooking for three weeks, and it's like they don't get that for the rest of the year. Yeah. Because I'm always at work. So it's to give them something back, and, and I cook every day, and, and yeah, it's just inspired by, I mean, with when, when most Muslims, will understand this, when you're fasting all day, there's always something in your head that you think, I fancy a bit I of that. Fancy a bit of that. <laughs> abs- you hit the nail on its head. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning, and I think, I fancy a fucking burger today. Yeah. I'm going to do an amazing curry. We're going to yeah. do a biryani today. No, we're going to do a roast, a fancy steak, whatever it is. And, and I'll wake up and I'll tell my family we're doing this. But then, because I'm feeding my family, I want them to ultimately eat the best. Yeah. So if, if I'm going to do steak and, you know, thank God I have access to some amazing um, yep. produce and suppliers that still help me out
0: yeah
1: uh, during this month. And... Um, so if I'm going to do steak, I'm going to make sure that I I give my family Wagyu. But if I'm going to do a biryani, it has to be either you know recipes. I'm I'm very much into historical Indian cookery. Okay. I, I really am. I love yeah. the food of the Rajas yeah. and I love the food of the Muggles. I love that historical Indian cookery. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about that. And then I love, I I just I'm just a lover of food because. Yeah i i love mexican food and i love the kind of the making of the salsas from scratch because you have to fucking import the chilies and make sure that you you get really behind uh the base of or the the fundamental of like mexican food which is all about the chili as well and then the braising of the meats and then i think just every single cuisine i try and just break it down and just make it personal yeah and 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 try and give it some level of authenticity which i think food lacks today yeah i think we have lots of indian restaurants we have lots of italian restaurants but i i don't i find them not that authentic yeah. in in my opinion and you know of course uh and that's all i try to do to be fair i just try and break it down and just try and make it personal authentic Okay. I'm a lover of cookbooks, yeah. so that's my ultimate <laughs> passion as well. So when you when you go to uh, to my house, it's like, there's cookbooks fucking everywhere. <laughs> and, and my missus hates it. She's like, there's cookbooks everywhere. And, and yeah, it's like, I don't use the internet for recipes. Okay. I And I know a lot of people do, so for me, it's about a memory of whatever it is, childhood or uh, restaurants, and then opening up a cookbook. And then, you know, I've got everything from like, Escoffier to, you know, Ramsey three star to like, you know, even even El Bully, even though yeah. I ne- I would I would never even dream of getting into <laughs> molecular gastronomy. Yeah. But there is there'll always be something in there that you can take that from, you can take yeah. and it might be something small or an idea and it and it develops in your head. Yeah. And
0: how, how was the transition going from a home cook for friends and family yeah. to a commercial kitchen because a it's, it's it's a stressful place to be inside. A, I mean, inside a restaurant this, kitchen.
1: This this trade is, fuck yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's nearly broken me at times, right? The first yeah. year I was doing ninety, hundred and ten hours a week. Jesus, I'm being ass. serious. It's yeah. like we'd we'd be open six days a week, Um and. And yeah, it was it was a slog, man. The first year, I was like, "Fuck,
0: what have I done?" Yeah, you know, yeah. I've
1: come from a corporate background. Yeah, having four or five holidays a year, and to be fair, I'm tossing it off most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
0: I'm
1: being serious. some weeks. I do like ten hours work, and it was like, "Yeah, I'm yeah. all right."
0: Just on a bit of a dose. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but it's like when you have a business and it gets to a point where you can't push it any further. You're comfortable in life. Yeah, and then you are just you know just chilling and i I went from probably it was a massive shock from doing ten twenty hours a week to like ninety to one hundred and ten so a massive
0: um shock i suppose um and then and how how did you how did you get through that first year then because just
1: just pure passion and adrenaline and then you know we had some shit chefs in the kitchen as well we. We, we ended up employing a couple of lads from like local Michelin places, okay, but just absolute knobs, yeah, uh, just ego trip. Just and then we stopped doing that. And we thought we're not going to employ you know people with egos and the rest of it. And the problem with with chefs of that kind of caliber sometimes is it's all about them, yeah. And I'm not going to get into too much of it. Bear yeah. in mind, it's um, I'm going to quickly run you through the story. So basically, first year of trading, we get to Christmas and uh, we had a lad run in the kitchen and uh, he came from a Michelin background and he's, 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 he thinks he's the dogs he thinks he's the dogs dad- yeah, yeah. uh, exactly and um, we it got to Christmas time and it was a sabotage attempt oh my god uh, okay it was mental because we got to Christmas and this is completely unheard of I gave him Christmas day off and he says no uh, I'm going to take Christmas Eve off as well I'm like no I've given you Christmas Day off yeah. you know, everybody's working Christmas Eve and he's like no uh, and then the whole kitchen together starts so a I revolution okay. yeah like a fucking revolution Che <laughs> fucking Guevara and I was like um, no we're working Christmas no we've all decided we'd, we, we can't work and we're taking it off literally trying to shaft me basically yeah. so I came in the following day and I said to him are you working Christmas, Christmas Eve no. So I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. So that was a head chef. susha, are you working Christmas Eve? No. Fuck off. Uh, same with the commie. Same with uh, the chef de party. All four of them are within
0: the same morning. So then... So this is the day before Christmas is, Eve. This is the day before... 23rd. <laughs> the day before Christmas Eve. <laughs> and I walked in
1: in the morning at six o'clock on my own. Yeah. Execution No no fucking (laughs) shit Literally me and a KP Okay And this is a right story Uh, So me and a KP And I I did fucking 60 covers On my own By yourself On my own with a KP Okay With Oh sorry uh, God bless his soul He was uh, another lad Alex Who came in In the middle of service Okay So I'm I'm in the middle of service He comes in the middle of service He's helped me out And we've literally done that And we did that For the rest of the year and I and I walked and I took 2 weeks off in January and I came back and I thought I'm never going back to that I'm never going to let anybody hold me to ransom yeah. like that. Yeah. And then I just started again and just just trained lads up from from scratch and more importantly I thought fuck this I'm not killing myself. I'm not going to do 90 110 hours a week. Yeah. Which is way too much and it's fucking ridiculous. It sounds mental. Yeah, yeah. But it is so true especially in our trade you can quite easily clock up them hours. So then I thought, fuck it, we'll close Monday, close Tuesday, um, open up Wednesday, um, do short lunch, short dinner, same again Thursday. Yeah. I thought, right, I'm going to take Friday prayers off, so I'll take Friday day off. Yeah. Um, get back in, just do Saturday din- Friday dinner, Saturday dinner, take Saturday day off, and then just Sunday lunch. So effectively, I've given back myself some time. And to be fair, it was the best decision I ever made. Because yeah. back then, people were thinking, shit you're closed more times than you're
0: open yeah
1: but in a sense no because the idea also came from a good friend of mine sat baines um who runs an amazing yeah. two-star restaurant if anybody hasn't been they have to go yeah uh, so he runs an establishment in nottingham who does some of the most creative british food in the country uh, even though he's an indian lad uh, people get oh I, I always get this whenever i recommend his restaurant it's like Is he doing Indian food? No, he's not doing fucking Indian food. He's doing like incredible (laughs) modern food. So, anyway, it came the idea after talking to him, he's like, Yeah, I think we need to start giving back because we have a shortage of chefs in this country. Yeah. We have a shortage of front of house as well, believe it or not. There's that big chef shortage, but I think this front of house as well have the same problem. Yeah. So, what we've done, we've given back and we've reduced the hours. There's now a sense of consistency. We have family time, we have social time, and then we have work time. It's like, you know, our our industry's always been battered by 70, 90-hour weeks. Yeah. And we've stopped that. Yeah. We're actually down to 45. Good. Which is amazing. Good. Fantastic. So,
0: yeah. And and what do you do in your downtime? My God.
1: (laughs) Eat. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm I'm still a massive, massive uh, food lover. I hate the word foodie yeah I'm just a food lover so I still very much enjoy eating yeah. out so my number one pastime is is without well it's go, it's gonna be spending time with my family first of course yeah. I have a little boys two and a half now so he, yeah we just met him before Yeah, right? just met him <laughs> um, and he takes up uh, one of my days off the other day off I, I try and get out to restaurants and not so much for inspiration anymore yeah so much more for like just just to relax yeah just to be sat on the out, table, yeah. and 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 I still love dining out, yeah. and I really do. It's 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 still my passion. Yeah. More for like the love of the industry, yeah. more for the love of restaurants, yeah. More just for the love of the whole hospitality the industry, experience, and everything, the experience and everything, yeah. and everything. And it's like, I know me and you recently went to Moorhall. Really
0: impressive. yeah. Which really again,
1: impressive. using an, an example like Moorhall is is perfect because what mark has achieved yeah, there really impressive in two years you know two stars best restaurant in the country yeah. uh, amazing establishment and just that journey that he's been through yeah. that personal journey which which i think is special and and i think restaurants like that excite me in yeah. terms of like that's what, for me, is hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and absolutely. that's what excites me still. Okay, yeah. good.
0: And best restaurant you've eaten at recently? Or am I, uh, um, is, that, is that a tough question? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean,
1: no, no, it's not. Um, best restaurant experience that I recently had was in March when I went to France. Okay. It was a personal journey which I had to make. We And I went three Michelin level, hot cuisine, and just it fucking blew my mind yeah, yeah it blew my mind beyond belief because we were still a long way behind the French okay I know, and I know some of the the readers out there are think, fuck off <laughs> yeah. we're not but honestly we yeah, are yeah their whole experience and, and I'm talking hot cuisine level so three Michelin star um, using some some very famous international chefs like Alain Ducasse uh, Guy Savoie, uh, and when you're eating at these establishments, there's a sense of history. Yeah. So you've got like some of the most important and famous hotels in the world that are still producing three stars for, for decades. But just the precision, Raj, yeah. it's like you know, precision of service, precision of food. Just the whole experience blew my head because I still believe nobody's doing food like this in London and I'm a massive... Yeah. Fan of, of cookery and experience in London I still think it's one of the food capitals of the world alongside you know um, New York um, But Paris for me was was truly mind-blowing yeah so that for me was was memorable uh, and I would recommend it to anybody to do it at that level but definitely book lunch as opposed to dinner okay because you'll be paying €150 Euros as opposed to €700. Euros. Oh, gosh. It's a okay. massive fucking gosh. jump round. Okay. And I mean this. It's like there were some dishes like a poulet de brest for two uh, done on Vessi and some of these restaurants were charging €420 Euros gosh. for a main course <laughs> for two people. And it's like, wow, it's a different world. Yeah, And, and it's crazy prices, so anybody that's going to go yeah. do lunch not dinner yeah. and another little tip Guy Savoir release a digital menu every lunch oh, okay. for one table okay. it's 160 euros the same menu in the evening can cost up to 800 euros wow. but it's they call it an introduction to gastronomy okay. so they want you to appreciate the same menu at a fraction of the price but it's one table they release okay. as long as you pretty anal about getting a reservation you'll get it i mean i, I don't i hate to name drop but david beckham and uh, victoria <laughs> just had their 20th anniversary okay there okay recently fantastic which um which for me w- was the standout restaurant of uh, my whole paris experience because the way he's introduced he says that interior is just as important as the food yes. so you'd like this yes. So he says that the interior is just as important as the food. So when you walk into his restaurant...
0: Oh, it's, it's impressive. I've seen photos yeah, yeah, so exactly so. yeah, it. It's very it's
1: impressive. It's at the old mint. Yeah. So the, the introduction to interior and the art, there's a connection with his food. Away, yeah. And then the service falls in the middle of that. And for me, that was quite memorable. And I... In a sense, it makes sense if you think yeah, about yeah, it. Absolutely, there's a conne- There has they to have be a to connection. Each yeah. other. they
0: have to complement each other. And
1: when I was sat in Giswara, I was thinking, I wasn't doing it, but in my head it made sense. And I was thinking, do you know what? That's that's what we pretty much do. At, at where we're at at Kona, yeah. there's a yeah. connection with the interior and the food and and everything has to make sense. And and his restaurant is very personal to him. Yeah. And 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 what I'm trying to achieve here is very personal to me and I think restaurants should be more personal and I think we should support more independence. Yeah. Because you get that personal service yeah. as opposed to going to a chain yeah. you know which is gonna serve it's you. Cookie cutter approach type yeah, of thing. Just yeah. fucking central kitchens which yeah. I fucking hate. <laughs> I hate that monogamy of service. It's like yeah you know and and it's just it should be personal. Yeah. Yeah I think yeah, I restaurants should be personal because We have an obligation to give the consumer, or the customer, or the guest, a level of cookery, a level of experience that's not achievable at home. Yeah, And that's the reason why you go out and eat, in my opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if it's a celebration of, of whatever it is, birthday, anniversary, whatever, even if it's not a celebration, if you're out with your mates, you know... It's we Friday need night. to give you something yeah, that's yeah. not a cheaper yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and that's the whole point of going out yeah. To yeah. A restaurant. no I okay. agree no it's good and um, okay so you touched on it briefly there this uh, chain restaurant yeah. and uh, I've asked, asked a lot of people yeah. you, you've obviously seen Jamie's yeah. and yeah. Uh, Byron and all Horrible. all that over the yeah. last probably over the last 12 months and uh, you touched briefly on sh- staff shortages yeah. Yeah. a lot is probably some uncertainty with Brexit. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the market and where
1: we're at? Oh, my God. I mean, f- to be honest with you, and, you know, I, fuck knows. Yeah. Honestly. that That's the God's honest truth here. <laughs> like, fuck knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's... We're just going to have to deal with it, whatever yeah. happens. If it means adjusting, if it means prices going up, if it means... Uh, shortage then we're just going to have to deal with it like in terms of like I'm trying my utmost I I know this sounds really naive and not very business yeah I'm not trying to think about it as much yeah I'm just still doing what I'm doing
0: just concentrate on what you're doing just concentrate on what's good that's why
1: we're not looking for expansion right now we're not looking to do anything Uh, we're not looking to relocate or anything like that simply because it's you know with the whole Brexit shit um we we wanna make sure it's right. Yeah. And then after that then we try and see where we go with it. But of course, you know, I hope it doesn't have an effect. But if it does then we we're we just gonna have to deal just with roll it. and, with the and punches, see. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And right now it's not gonna do any good. I mean, yeah, there's a certain amount of planning that has to be involved, but we don't know what's gonna happen. So what what planning what, what can we plan? You can't plan anything. No, we, yeah. we don't know what's gonna fucking happen. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
0: okay. And if you weren't in this restaurant business, what would you be doing today? Fuck. Uh, if, if,
1: <laughs> if I wasn't in this restaurant business, I'd still be sat in some three star restaurant someday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that <laughs> sounded Enjoying really a Wednesday fun. lunch. Uh, yeah, what we on Wednesday lunch? Yeah, I've just finished <laughs> my lunch service. I'd, I'd happily be sat, you know, anywhere, somewhere in New York. Nice. You know.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, good. All right, well, not got too long left. Uh, two last questions we Absolutely. always ask someone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could invite five dinner guests, living, Fuck Fuck breathing, oh past, present. Who, oh who, who would you uh, invite?
1: Um, my God, right. Well, straight away, family or non-family? So, Just, you, yeah, up whatever. to you, right. Up to you. Okay, so, right. I would go my... My grandparents yeah without a shot of a doubt so that they'd be you know guest one guest two um, the, i mean it's, it's it's a difficult question because i have i've had so many cooks yeah that have inspired me over the years so i'd actually invite um brett from the ledbury Okay. So Brett Graham would be there simply because he he produces in my opinion some of the best food in the country. Uh, one standalone restaurant. Uh, if anybody hasn't been again two Michelin style in Notting Hill, uh, in my opinion the best restaurant in, in London. The menu is 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 unreal. The cookery of of everything, yeah. fish, meat, vegetables, the emphasis on flavor So I'd probably say Brett, um, I'd probably say Neil Barrett because he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. And (laughs) you know, I, I take a lot of inspiration. I've, I've I've worked alongside him and, and and so that what we on, so my grandparents, you got four,
0: you got one more. Um, I'd
1: I'd probably say Tom Ford. Yeah. I, I really would. It'd be quite an eclectic.
0: Actually, <laughs> yeah. grandparents to get on with them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. My, my, my grandma,
1: like, she doesn't take no shit, man. She, <laughs> she tell him how it is, and, and she's yeah. So good, good. Quite an eclectic bunch, I think. But the reason why I probably picked them is because it's it's a part of a very personal food, uh, so family food restaurant interior fashion journey that I've been on, nice. that, that's nice. what I'm thinking, that that was immediately what came to mind because um, getting back to Brett he's probably served me quite possibly some of the best meals I've ever eaten, Fantastic. over a period of years and it's a restaurant that I keep going back to Good. so it's like home to me there yeah. Yeah. so, um, you comfortable there? Yeah I'm comfortable there even though they have a three month Waitlist, and <laughs> if, if your name drop enough, you could get in. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why I like it. So that that would be my five guests. Okay, good,
0: yeah. all right. And if you uh, if you had a time machine, you could go back in time. You could uh, go and visit Army. Yeah, starting off, just just sold his office business. Yeah, he's about to embark on this empty shell. What yeah. advice? Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give Army? Of uh, five or six years ago, all uh, excited, oh, ready to rock and roll, about to start. A- advice
1: would be, fuck, you don't know what you're yourself <laughs> in for. Uh, but, but fucking do it. Yeah, that yeah. that would be the advice that I'd give myself, and I wouldn't change it for the world because i I've been in the shit most of the time, actually. Um, <laughs> however. It's, it's been an amazing five years
0: yeah.
1: for somebody who's never had any restaurant experience, never cooked professionally, um, still doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning every day. And I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but that's the most exciting part. Yeah. It's, up. Yeah. it's still a passion. I think once it stops being a passion,
0: because I don't think you get into this trade so much for the money. No, and that's, how, that's why I was quite interested to ask yeah. you how you found that transition from being yeah. a home cook yeah. to a commercial uh, yeah. chef.
1: It, 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 was a, it was a massive transition because when you go from feeding eight people in a relaxed environment in your home to doing, um, you know, we, we average do 70 covers. But then that level of expectation that comes Absolutely. with it with a destination restaurant, and when the people are paying them prices, it comes with a, a great amount of pressure, but I fucking strive for that. I really do, it's, 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 it's what gets me up in the morning, it's what pushes me every day, and, and that level of expectation to deliver
0: yeah.
1: that expectation, and when you do, up to a point, there's a sense of satisfaction, I think, and then yeah. that's what I suppose this
0: Good. trade is about. Yeah, yeah good alright thank you for your time and You're tell everyone on. where they can find you well look they, they can find me sat in some three star restaurant somewhere
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no uh, Bradford Little Germany um, I mean they can view everything on just konarestaurant.com if, if they want to good Yeah. good thank
0: you thanks yeah, for your time cheers. thank you thank you man.